together, we thank you for this opportunity to, to gather in your name, to worship together, to hear the word of God together. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our church, what you're doing in this country, what you're doing in this world. Father, we thank you what the enemy meant for evil. You're going to turn around for the good. We believe it. We thank you, Father God, that people are going to receive help, encouragement, freedom today, faith, that peace would fill their homes, that the joy of the Lord would be there. Father, we thank you that your word's going to speak to us. It's going to change us from the inside out. Father, we thank you your word is alive. It's full of power. And it has so much encouragement for us today. We believe it and we receive it. We thank you for all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Everybody said, everybody said, amen. Well, if you got your Bibles, let's open them up to Philippians 4. And we're going to start there. We're excited that... You're listening today, whether you're listening to this on podcast or you're watching this online, and we're going to continue talking about anxiety and worry this morning. And so if you got your Bibles, Philippians 4, we're going to turn there, verse 6 in the New King James Version. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Verse 9, Then the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Can I get amen? amen? So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Anxious for Nothing. Everybody say anxious for nothing. Say anxious for nothing one more time. So we're talking about anxious for nothing this morning, and I want to talk to you about worry and anxiety, especially with everything going on in the world today. We need to hear about this subject because a lot of people are dealing with this more than ever before. And so another verse I want to read to you as we kind of get started today, and I read this last week, it's Proverbs 12, 25. In the Amplified Classic Version, it says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but an encouraging word makes it glad. In the Passion Translation, it says, Anxious fear brings depression, but a life-giving word of encouragement can do wonders to restore joy to the heart. 
So that's what I'm believing. This is kind of a theme verse for these talks about anxiety and worry. I'm believing that God's going to speak to us, and he's going to speak to us through his word, an encouraging word from his word. The passion says a life-giving word because that's what his word is. His word is spirit, and it is life. And when you get into the word of God, it produces life, not just physical life, but spiritual life, emotional life, mental life. God's word is life to all your flesh, to your mind, to your spirit. And it says, even though you have anxiety and you could have depression that weighs you down, a life-giving word of encouragement can restore joy to your heart or can make it glad. And we need God's word more than anybody else's word right now. We have enough words from the media. We have enough words from our companies that we work for. We have enough uh, words from the school system and our family and the world. We need a word from God's word because that's what's going to change our life. That's what's going to bring life to us and encouragement to us. So we're going to refocus on the life-giving word of encouragement from God's word. And notice it can do wonders to restore your heart, make it glad, and bring joy to you. So that's what I'm going to talk about today about anxious for nothing, anxious for nothing. So thinking about anxiety and worry, which they're pretty much the same thing. Worry is being worried about your future, being in fear about your future. It's ultimately fear at the core of it. Anxiety is being anxious about your future, which is fear about your future, thinking that God's not going to come through, that your life's not going to be the way it should be, that your health is not going to be the way it should be. Maybe you are anxious about your kids or your job situation or your health. Whatever it is, at the root of it is fear. So that's why we need God's word, because we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in anxiety and worry. And you weren't meant to live that way. And we notice, and that's what we're going to talk about today, when we live worried and anxious, it tears our body down, it tears our mind down, it tears our spirit down, because God did not design us as his creation, as his children, to live in worry and anxiety. It's interesting to know that anxiety leads to a big word that is used today called stress. And we realize that stress is the root cause of almost all disease. Majority of people that go to the doctor go for stress-related causes. Now, we've heard it before that they said 80-some percent of people, they go to the doctor, and 80% of them, it's because of stress. That's why they're having a physical reaction. That's because they're having a mental reaction. A recent study from Harvard Medical uh, Journal says that 90% of doctors' visits, whether that's for your physical doctor or a mental health doctor, is because of stress. So it's not necessarily just your body or your mind. It's because you have not handled worry and anxiety and it's overtaken you and caused your body and mind to stress out. Now you're having symptoms and you got to get to the root of it because they can give you a pill. They can give you a shot. But if you don't get the worry and anxiety out of your life, you're going to come back to the doctor and need more help because you got to get to the root of it. Notice Harvard Medical Journal said 90% of people that go to the doctor It's not just because they caught something from somebody else or they're really having a real physical issue. It's because of anxiety and stress and it's breaking down their body and their mind because we are not meant to live in anxious depression or worry. Notice undealt with anxiety and worry leads to stress and stress leads to a physical and mental breakdown. Because God has not designed us to live that way. We realize that 
we were designed to live in peace and joy. As God's creation, that's what he wants for us. Majority of people on the planet do not live in peace or joy. They live in anxiety and depression. Why? Because they're living out of God's design and God's plan. They don't listen to God's word. They don't listen to God's spirit. And so notice when we do things our own way, we get our own results, and they're usually not the results we want. They're usually anxiety, worry, depression, stress, and a lot of people are having physical and mental breakdowns more than ever before. A lot of people are calling that burnout. A lot of people have that because it's undealt with worry and anxiety and stress. And notice that leads to a physical and mental breakdown. And the reason I'm sharing this right now is because people were having these things before this pandemic, before the coronavirus, before the financial situation. And now it's just amplified. So we need to guard our hearts and guard our minds and we need to hear God's word because that should not be happening with the people of God. It's understandable. I've been there before. I've dealt with stress, anxiety. I've had seasons of panic attacks. I've had seasons of depression. But you know what? That's not God's will. And that's not God's best. And you can get to the other side of it. And it's not God's design that we live in anxiety and worry. Because it leads to stress. Then it leads to a mental and physical breakdown. A lot of times people never recover from because they don't deal with the root cause, which is an anxiety. You get something today. One of the reasons I want to talk about today for people's anxiety and worry, maybe even more than previous generations, because they've done a lot of studies and they've said that this generation, even more than previous generations, deals with anxiety way more than other generations. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I want to give you one big reason that all of us, whether you're nine years old or 90 years old on the planet today, you're dealing with this right now for one specific reason. I want to talk about this for a second. It is the pace of life. The pace of life. We are the most anxious generation because we live at such a high speed of life, faster than any other generation before. And our work schedules and our kids' schedules and sporting activities and our hobbies and our smartphones and the life we live today is way faster than any other generation and way less breaks, way less vacations, way less time for rest. And we're running at such a fast pace that notice anxiety and worry comes out of that. And we see that Americans, even more than other countries, pride ourselves in being hard workers and we don't take vacations and we don't rest and we're just hard working people. We're, we're Americans and that's great and all. But if you've done any research, you realize a lot of other countries that aren't America take way more vacation days than we do and they're way more healthy and happy than Americans are. There's a connection there. We could be prideful as Americans and say, well, we work harder than everybody else. Yeah, but you're more depressed and you're more sickly and unhealthy than every other country around the world. The United States is not a healthy country. Not healthy physically, not healthy mentally, because we live at such a fast pace of life. And it's hurting us. It's causing anxiety, worry, and stress. And so we can pride ourselves and hey, we work really hard and you need to be a hard worker. But you're not supposed to work to the place that you don't rest. That you don't take care of your body. You don't take care of your mind. And we see that other countries that do these things, they, they rest and they take time. 
and they, they don't run it at such a fast pace, they are so much more healthy and happy than we are. Why? Because God has designed us to rest. We can't live and run at the pace we're running. So a lot of us deal, are dealing with anxiety because we're running at such a fast pace of life. We live at a such a fast uh, pace that we cannot sustain that. I wrote down here, either you slow down or life will slow you down. Either you take a break or life will make you take a break. That's just how it is. And a lot of us, what happens is life forces us to take a break. Like we work ourselves so hard that we have a mental breakdown. We work ourselves so hard that we have a physical breakdown. When we could have avoided that if we weren't running at such a fast pace of life. Because God did not say to run that fast. He designed us for rest, for refreshing. Not anxiety, for peace. Not depression, but joy. Now we're going to go a little bit deeper in this idea of pace of life. But you got to realize that this life is a marathon, not a sprint. Now, if you're a sprint runner you run completely different than a marathon runner. Marathon runners pace themselves, Keyword: They pace themselves. Because they know, if I'm going to run 21 miles in this race, I can't sprint the whole way. Why? Because I'll never make it to the end. I'm going to break down about halfway through. Why? Because you can't sprint and maintain that pace, or you're going to hurt yourself. But how many know this life, is a marathon, and most of us are running it like it's a sprint. And we're wondering why we have the issues we have, the anxiety we have, the stress we have, the worry we have, the, the issues we have, even physically. It's because we're running at the pace of a sprint, and this life is a journey. It's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, and we can't keep sprinting when God tells, tells us we got to watch our pace. We can't just run, 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 run. We have to... Keep the pace of a marathon runner, not a sprinter. And I'm going to share some reasons in a second on how we can do that and some ways we can do that. And we have to get in the rhythm of God. We see that right now the world is being forced to take a break. Whether you like it or not, you're having to take a break right now. Now, I 100% believe that God did not start the coronavirus. God did not cause this tragedy. God did not cause a pandemic. God did not cause you to have to stay at home right now. But I do believe that what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for good. And I do believe in a season like this that God can get your attention, even though he wasn't the one who caused it, to tell you to slow down. And that's what God is doing to not just this country, but to the entire world. He's telling us, slow down. You've been running too fast, and that's why you have the issues you have. You have the anxiety that you have, the depression you have, the physical issues you have, the world crisis that you have, the wars you have. Everything that is wrong with this world is because you're running too fast. So I believe with all my heart, God is using this, even though he didn't cause it, to get our attention and to say, slow down, everybody. And he's doing that because we got to stay at home. We can't go out anywhere. We can barely go to the grocery store. There's no sports to watch. You can't go to a restaurant. 
You got to stay in your house. You got to work from home. You got to see your family. You can't get away from them. I know God is using this for our good. He's getting our attention, even though he didn't cause it. And what is he trying to say? Slow down. Start some new rhythms. Start a new way of life. Start a new pace of life because all of you have been running way too fast. And notice, if you're running way too fast, you can't hear God. You can't hear God. When you're running like that, you're running too quick. You're ahead of God. You're not running with God. You're running ahead of him. You can't hear his voice. You can't listen to other people. When you run that fast and God's saying, slow down and listen to me, you can't sustain this way of life. And notice the pace of life is the reason a lot of us, not the only reason, but a big reason why we're anxious because of our pace of life. We're going too quick. We got too much going on in our life. Too much at work, too much at home, too many activities, too much on our smartphones, too much Netflix, too many movies, too many podcasts, too many books. You got to slow down. Simplify your life. Keep the main things the main things, which is God. Church, your family, your health, your mind. Focus on the right things. God's saying slow down, refocus, recenter your life. And when you do that, trust me, a lot of that worry and anxiety you're dealing with will leave when you get the things in the right place and you get the right pace of life. And the pace for a lot of us is slow down. You're not running too slow, trust me. A lot of you are running way too quick and you're running ahead of God and he can't help you right now. But you got to slow down. You get something so far. I love this in Psalm 46.10. In the New King James it says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Here's a quick question. When's the last time you've been still at all? Physically still? Mentally still? In your thoughts you got still? Most of us, we... Couldn't remember the last time we've been still and quiet. But notice what God says, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. In the Passion Translation, it says, Surrender your anxiety, be silent, and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I love that. Surrender your anxiety, be silent, stop your striving, and you'll see that I am God. There's something that happens when we're not still, when we keep this fast-paced life, and we never stop, we forget who's God. When you run like that, and you run past God, because it says, be still and know that I am God, or surrender your anxiety, be silent, stop, and you will see that I am God. When we run fast like that, we start thinking we are God. We start thinking that we are our own provider and our own healer, and we can fix our kids, and we can fix our career, and we can fix our future, and we can fix our family, and we are God when we run past him. And those God has to remind us, no, be still and know that I am God and you are not. Be still and surrender your anxiety. Stop striving. Slow down and remember that I am God. Because when we're like that, and we run so fast and we're not still, we think that we are God. And how many know if you think that you're God, of course you're going to be anxious because that's a lot of pressure on you to sustain your own life, to heal your kids, to fix your life. It's a lot of pressure to be God. 
And you weren't designed to be your own God because you can't be. So no wonder you're anxious because if we're not still, if we don't stop striving and we surrender anxiety, we forget that he is God and we are not. Notice the word anxiety. If you write the word anxiety, there's a letter in the middle. It's I. I. Sound familiar? It's I. Pride. When we don't stop, pride gets in. And we forget that he is God and we are not. And notice when you think that you're God, it's an anxious, worried place to be because you have to fix it. You have to sustain it. You have to do it all. But notice when we stop and we realize he is God, the anxiety leaves because we take I out of the middle of our story. We stop making ourselves the superhero. We stop making ourselves the God. And we realize that, no, there is one God and he is not us. And he can help us, and he can sustain us, and he can heal us, and he can provide for us, and he can do everything we need him to do. But notice it doesn't happen unless we be still, and we stop, and we slow down, and realize he is God, and we are not. And we get I out of the middle, and we get God back in the middle, and then anxiety and worry will leave. Notice we forget who God really is when we run so fast, pace of life. You know, the Bible talks about rest a lot and slowing down. The word is Sabbath. It's all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the word Sabbath. And that's the word that God uses in Genesis. It says that God rested or he took a Sabbath. And the Ten Commandments, it tells us to take the day of Sabbath, make it holy. The rest of the Bible, he commands his people to take a day of the week, Sabbath, every year, sometimes every month, every seven years. And we're not to neglect that. And really all Sabbath is, is you stopping and resting and taking a break from your labors. There's a lot of things that the Bible talks about, but Sabbath is a day of rest. It's a day of worship. It's a day to reset your heart and your mind and to remember that he is God and you are not. Now we should be taking these every week, every month, Every year, multiple times, we need to take Sabbath because we are not God. And notice when we run and run and run like we are God, our body breaks down and our mind breaks down because God says, you need to keep the Sabbath day holy because it's for you. It's for you to remind yourself that you are not God, that you can rest and the world still goes on, that you can rest and the birds still chirp. That you can rest and the creation is still going. You know what? You could shut your cell phone off for 24 hours and the world didn't stop. No one can hear from you for 24 hours. And guess what? Life goes on. Why? Because God is God and you are not. And I love that the Bible talks about Sabbath so much. And what all it's saying is you need to take times every week, every month, every year. Right now we're in a forced Sabbath not a voluntary Sabbath, to rest your body and your mind and your spirit, to take that time to worship God, to recenter yourself, and to remind yourself that He is God and you are not. But notice when we don't do that, we run too fast, the pace of life catches up to us and it causes anxiety. So Sabbath is so important that we take time to rest, to worship, to do things that refresh us, to be around people that refresh us. And you know what? If you take a day off, 
or a week off or a month off, the world goes on. Life goes on. Why? Because God is God and you are not. You're important, but you're not the hero of the story. You're important, but you're not God in this story. And God tells us to do this, not for his sake, but for his creation's sake. Because we need a break. We need rest. And we need to be putting these rhythms in our life. And the reason I'm encouraging you in this message about this, because eventually this is going to be over and our life is going to go back to normal. We're going to go back to work. We're going to go back to school. We're going to go back to church. And you know what? The temptation is going to be we're going to get really busy again. And so I want you to hear me right now. Before we go back to that, you need to put some of these rhythms in your life so that when we get back to this, your anxiety and worry are not going to go back to the way it used to be, but you're going to be rested, spirit, soul, and body. And make sure that every week you're taking a Sabbath, a day of rest, every month, every year. Take vacations every year. You should because it's important because God says you need rest. Yeah, work hard, play hard, do all that, but take your time to rest. Refresh yourself, spirit, soul, and body. And notice when we do that, we be still, and we know that he is God, and we are not. You're getting something. Philippians 4, verse 6 through 9. In the New King James, Philippians 4, 6 through 9, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. But notice it says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. The New Living says, don't worry about anything. Anything. No, no exceptions. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. And really, be anxious for nothing means you have a choice. You have a choice. You can't always choose what you feel. Can't always choose that. Can't always choose the thoughts that come to you. Can't always choose that. But once they come to you, you do have a choice whether to be anxious or to do something about it. Whether to be worried or to do something about it. So he's telling you, this is not a suggestion. Once again, it's a command from God through the Apostle Paul. Be anxious for nothing. It's a choice. Don't be worried about anything. Be anxious for nothing. So we're thinking about be anxious for nothing in the sense of God doesn't want you to be anxious or worried about anything. It's true. But also think about it a different way. How many times have you been anxious for nothing? I know I could give you a hundred different times in my life that I was anxious about something that never happened. Most of us are living our life miserable about things that will never happen. You're worried and scared about stuff that will never happen. And the enemy loves that because he's stealing your joy and peace, and it will never happen. But it's all in your mind. I love this quote. It says, worry is a down payment on a problem that may never, ever happen. Be anxious for nothing. There's a time in my life that I was having a lot of panic attacks and dealing with a lot of things mentally. And I started having a lot of physical symptoms because of the stress. Started having heart palpitations. My chest was feeling tight. Had a lot of bad headaches. A lot of different issues. And you know what? I started going to doctors because I was anxious for a lot of things. 
I was worried about a lot of things. And, you know, I went and I got an MRI in my head because I was having such bad headaches. And you know what the doctor said? You're anxious for nothing. You're fine. You're good. He said, well, I don't feel fine. But you know what? The anxiety was causing the stress, which was causing the physical issue in my body. It was nothing. Think about things in your life that were caused because of you're anxious and you're worried about it, so you had a physical symptoms. I know since I was having some heart issues, I went to the emergency room and I had my heart tested. They did every test you could think of. They hooked me up to stuff. They shot stuff in my veins. They made me run on the treadmill. They took breathing tests. And they said, you're great. Your heart's fine. You don't have a problem. And the whole time I was thinking, no, I got a problem. I really have a problem. I'm having a lot of issues right now. And the doctor said, you're being anxious for nothing. And your anxiety and your worry is causing stress, which is causing a physical symptom in your body. But think about your life. How many things in your life have you been anxious and worried about and it never happened? But you wasted days of your life, miserable thinking about it. Some of you have wasted years of your life anxious about something that has never happened and will never happen. And you're being anxious for nothing. Majority of people are anxious about a lot of things. That will never happen. But I love the enemy will use that against us. He loves it. It never happens, but we're just miserable believers. Worried and stressed and anxious by him giving us thoughts and feelings of things that will never happen. And we're being anxious for nothing. But I love he gives the next part of this verse the antidote for anxiety. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The Bible in the New Living Translation says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So the Bible says, don't worry or be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So we see the antidote to anxiety is prayer. God says, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And then the, the result of that is verse 7. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So notice the antidote for anxiety is to not think about it, not to dwell about it, not to choose anxiety. It's to immediately pray about it, give it to God. Thank God for what he's done for you. Tell him what you need. And when you do that, it says the peace of God that passes all understanding, all human reason, will guard your hearts and mind. The true peace of God will come in there and it will heal the anxiety you're going through. But you have to do something. You have to take the medicine. You have to take the antidote, which is prayer. And I really believe prayer in this passage is talking about casting prayer. Casting prayer, and that's what we're going to talk about the rest of the time. Because we have to understand, majority of us in here are still dealing with anxiety because we haven't prayed about it, we just talked about it. 
I don't hear you on live stream right now. We have talked about it to our friends. We have talked about it on Facebook. We have talked about it to everybody else but God. And we're wondering why we still have anxiety. Because God didn't say, when you have anxiety, talk about it. No, he said, when you have anxiety, pray about it. Because prayer is the only thing that's going to cure your anxiety. Prayer is the only antidote to anxiety. Don't talk about it. Pray about it. And a lot of us, if we're honest, when we're dealing with something ongoingly, we have to be honest with ourselves to say, I've talked about this to a lot of people, but me and God have never talked about this, which that's prayer. And we wonder why we keep dealing with it, because you can't cast your cares on people and expect God to have the results in your life. You can't cast your cares on each other. No, God says, cast your cares on me. And when we pray about it, then the peace of God that passes all understanding comes and guards our hearts and our mind. But this passage here, I believe, is talking about casting prayer. Now, life has a way of giving you burdens, burdening you down, putting heavy weight on you. Life has a way of doing that about your health, about your kids, about your future, about your career, about your college that you're going to go to, about everything in your life. Life has a way of adding a lot of weight to us, a lot of pressure to us. And we can all feel it. Anybody who's alive right now, you can feel that weight and pressure if you're not careful. But a lot of believers look like the guy from the story, The Pilgrim's Progress. I don't know if any of you read that book. But he had this huge bag and this huge burden that he was carrying in that book. And, and a lot of Christians think that that's holy. And, and that's what you should be. You should be weighed down because it's just a heavy load to, to, to carry God's burden. It's just a, just a heavy load, you know, because I'm just carrying all this holiness and it's all on me. God never designed you to live like Pilgrim's Progress. He wants you to cut that burden off yourself, and you need to cast it and give it to Him. You know, God says in His Word, He doesn't want you to have a heavy burden. Jesus said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, how could Jesus say that my yoke is easy and my burden is light? How could He tell you that? Because He's implying that you're going to give it to Him. So if you don't give it to him, of course it's going to be heavy. But when you give God the burden or that weight of life that you're dealing with by casting your care on him, then he could say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because you're not carrying the heavy load. He is. So if life feels heavy, you have to weight shift. A lot of people will say that my life just feels heavy right now. That should be an alarm going off that you're carrying more than you need to carry. Life just feels really heavy right now. Yeah, but it does because you're carrying that burden and not giving it to God. We all do it. We all try to do it. Or some people will say, I just feel like I need to get this weight off my chest. Now, why is there weight on your chest? Because you're carrying it and not God. And God has not designed you to carry your care, your worry, your anxiety, He's not asked you to be a holy saint that has a big backpack like Pilgrim's Progress. Just wait until you get to heaven, then the burden will be lifted. No, that's not God's will. God says his burden is easy and his yoke is light. So if life feels heavy, you've got to weight shift. And I love what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and verse 7 in the Amplified. Casting 
the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So I really believe in this passage, he's talking about casting prayer. Don't be anxious for anything, but pray. Don't be worried about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And when you cast your cares on him, your anxieties, your worries, that burden is lifted. That weight is lifted off your shoulders and given to God. Because you're not designed to carry it. He is. And when we do that, notice what happens. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Could I have the worship team come back up here? You guys getting something today. So we need to cast our cares on him for he cares for us. Right now, if you feel really heavy during this pandemic in the world, this coronavirus, during the financial situation, and it's easy to feel that way, just the atmosphere because of the fear in this world right now. You can feel heavy. You can feel that burden. I'm challenging you, if you want to live in peace, not anxiety, you got to cast your cares on Him, for He cares for you. All your worries, all your anxieties, all your burdens, you're not meant to carry it. God is but you have to do it. And the Bible says once and for all because the easy thing is to cast it and then go take it back. Cast it and go take it back. Now you need to cast it and leave it with him because he's God and you are not. I want to read in Philippians in the Message Bible starting in verse 6 of chapter 4. It says, Don't fret or worry Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displays worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, thanks to praise, not thanks to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard, saw, and realized. Do that, and the God that makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Let's cast our cares on God today. Let's sing.
Father, we just make that commitment to you today that we're going to be anxious for nothing. We're going to choose to not be anxious or worried about anything, but we're going to pray about it. Not going to talk about it, we're going to pray about it. Father, we thank you when we do that, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. Father, I pray right now for everyone watching or listening to this message right now that the peace of God will come into their house or to their cars wherever they're at, if they're out walking right now, the peace of God would be with them and on them in their spirit, their soul, and their body. The peace of God would saturate them. Father, we make a commitment to you today that this next week, if heaviness gets on us, if weight gets on us, Father, we're going to be quick to cast our cares on you for you care for us. Cast all of our worries and anxiety and burdens and pressures because we're not meant to carry it, but you are. Father, when we do that, the peace of God will be upon us. 
Father, we thank you that you are God and we are not. You're our creator. You're our provider. You're our healer. You're our all in all. You're everything we need. We thank you that we can give it to you. And Father, you will give back to us your peace, your joy, your presence, and the future that you want us to have. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place and on everyone who's watching this right now. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your peace. We thank you that you give us the peace that the world can't take away, the peace that the world can't give us, the peace that the world knows nothing about, your peace, the peace of God. And that peace will surround us, will shield us, will protect us, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name.